The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to be real with you this morning. I love Christmas. I really do. Anybody else love Christmas? I love this season. I'm, I am a person who is, who is high on the Christmas spirit. Like, I'm totally into it. I love it. I love the sights, the smells, the lights. I love the whole thing. In fact, uh, Friday night, we were with our kids, kind of driving through Nichols Hills, looking at some of the houses with lights on them. And sometimes it just hits me again. Like, this time of year, we just put lights on our house. Everything about Like, we don't do that any other time of year. But this time of year, we put lights on our house. Some people, I guess, leave the lights up on their house for a long time. But we put lights up on our house. And... We bring trees into our house. It's funny, too, because I was thinking, too, like I, a, couple, a couple weeks ago right after Thanksgiving, I, I spent a half a day at my house putting lights on my house by myself on my day off, putting lights on my house. And I loved it. And I, I always, every year, like I'm, I'm working on it and I think that there's going to be like this powerful moment where I bring my family out and I reveal it to them and they're all just going to be like, Dad, you're amazing. But they never do. It's always kind of like, yeah, cool, Dad, great. In fact, most of the time, like, here's a little thing I do. Like, I do this when I mow the lawn, and I do this when I, I do Christmas lights. I always pull out of the driveway, and then I stop until acknowledgement is done every time. <laughs> if I mow the lawn, somebody's going to acknowledge this. So help me God. So I did that, and then I, I put lights up on our tree, and I spent, like, three hours one day poking around in this tree and going in and out and thousands and thousands of lights, and I truly believe that there's a section of hell where, we, where people have to go there and they have to put lights on trees. And then they plug in the lights and only about half of them come on. That's hell. There's a section where that's going on all the time. But, but I do it and I love it. I, I really do. In fact, we, me and Sarah watched a movie the other night and then after the movie was over, we turned off the TV and we just had the glow of the, of the Christmas tree and the glow of the fireplace. And I was just like, this is just... The best, and, and you know, and it leads to other good things too. Merry Christmas! But I love. <laughs> we got we got mistletoe everywhere. <laughs> Guys, make it happen! Come on. Jesus was born. Amen. But honestly, one of the things that I'm the 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 more I am, the older I get. And having kids, and the more I just start to appreciate what Christmas is really all about, you know, and, and the story of Jesus, and, 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 and God always seems to, like, show me stuff in his story every year that just kind of blows me away. And it's kind of, I'll, I'll let you in on it, when you're a pastor, like, you come to this time of year, and sometimes it's a little intimidating, because it's, you know, November starts rolling around, it's like, oh yeah, we have to do several Christmas services, and it's, you know, it's the Christmas story, it's like, it's one story. And I've got to tell it and hopefully uh, share it with the church in a, in a new way. But what I found is when I, when I go to the Lord and I just say, God, just show me something new in, in this story. He always does. I mean, I'm 39 years old. It's my 39th Christmas. And I'm still, God's showing me stuff in, in Scripture that is related to this story that just blows me away. And he, he did that again this year. And so I want to encourage you, don't miss any of the next several weeks. Because I, I believe there's some stuff that God's going to show you through this story that are going to, it's really going to change your life. And not just your Christmas, but really your life. And so this year, I, I, in fact, on Monday, I was, 
I was praying and I had been reading the story and then God just dropped something in my heart. He, he dropped Mary onto my heart. And I believe, we're going to look at the story of Mary today, and I believe that there's some things that God's going to show us in the story of Mary that we can relate to and that we can learn from. And so here's, here's, what, here's what I'm believing for, okay? Here's, here's my message. I wish you a Merry Christmas today. See what I did there? See that? I really do, because here's what, here's what God said to me when, when he first gave me this message. He says, Mary received, conceived a miracle, a difference-making miracle, and she carried it and delivered it into the world. That's really what happened in, in Mary. She conceived something from God that was a difference-making miracle. I mean, no one has ever made a difference like Jesus. I mean, his, him showing up on the scene splits history, A.D. and B.C., because he showed up. Everything is... And, and so here's what, I, here's what I believe. I believe that what happened with Mary, God wants to do in you. That God wants to conceive something inside of you that is a difference-making miracle. He wants, he wants you to carry Jesus. And he wants you to be able to carry and deliver what Jesus has in store for you, a difference-making miracle that impacts the world and that changes not just your life, but the lives of people around you. How many can you agree for, with, that, yep. with me on that this morning? So let's look at this together. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. How can we be like Mary? How can we have a merry Christmas this year? Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Betrothed is a fancy Bible word for means she was engaged. And engagement was a much, much more intense thing in Bible times. He was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, notice these words, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, notice her response. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings. Notice what bothers her is what he says. What does he say? He says, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Like, that's some terrifying stuff right there, isn't it? But that, that bothers her. And she considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. So those words, those, those words made her afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, so the angel of God shows up to this girl named Mary, and he says, rejoice. It's time to celebrate, because you're highly favored, because you are blessed among women. And the problem that Mary has with this is that is not at all how she sees herself or how the world around her sees her. See, Mary lives in a society where she's got a couple things that are really going against her right now. Number one is she's a woman. And she lives in a society, I've talked about this before at, at New Song, but women at the time of, of the birth of Jesus were not looked at very highly. They were actually considered to be on, on the same kind of playing field as, a, as like a dog, like a pet. Like, you, you know, you have a dog, you, you, like you just get a dog. Like, that's kind of how a, a wife was. Like, you need a dog, you need a wife, someone to kind of be in your house to do your dishes and bear your children. It's, an, it's a necessary evil. In fact... The, the Pharisees of the day had a prayer that they would pray. They would say, God, I thank you that you haven't made me a Gentile, that you haven't made me a slave, and that you haven't made me a woman. They didn't think highly of women. And so Mary, Mary sees herself through that lens. I'm not highly favored. I'm not blessed among women. I'm just, I'm just a woman. And beyond that, she's from Nazareth. And Nazareth is not a, a great city to be from. In fact, 
It, it, Nazareth would be kind of like what we would say, it's on the other side of the tracks. It's like kind of the area you don't really want to go to. Not a lot of good things come out of Nazareth. In fact, there's a story later on in the Bible where this guy, Philip, uh, meets, has an encounter with Jesus, and he's excited about this, and he wants to go share it with people because he believes that this is the Messiah, and he goes back and starts telling people that he's met the Messiah and that he's from Nazareth. And the people's response in John chapter 1, verse 46 is, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Like, that's how, that's what people thought of Nazareth. And so Mary is, here, here's Mary, she considers herself to be a nobody from a nothing town, and now an angel is coming to her and saying, rejoice, it's time to celebrate, because you are highly favored, God is with you, blessed are you among women. And what I want you to see here is before God begins to address with her and begin to conceive the miracle that he wants to conceive in her life, the first thing he does is he, he begins to work on her identity. If you're taking notes this morning, if you're going to have a Merry Christmas, you have to have the right perception of yourself. You have to have the right perception of yourself. The angel says, you're favored, you're blessed, God is with you. Mary doesn't see herself as favored and blessed. She doesn't see herself that way. She sees herself as weak and forgotten, living in a, in a, a mundane life in a throwaway town. But God comes to her and he says, I've got something for you. I've got a miracle that I want to conceive within you, something that's going to change the course of history that I want to do in you, that I want you to carry, and I want you to deliver it into this world. But in order to do that, you've got to see yourself the right way. And Newstar Church, I believe God has something that he wants to conceive within you. A miracle that he wants to bring into this world through you. He wants to bring Jesus to this world through you and make a difference and make an impact. But if he's going to do that, you have to see yourself the right way. You have to have the right perception of yourself. You have to see God the right way. You have to see yourself the right way. See, understand this. You're not defined by your circumstances. You're not defined by what other people say about you. You're not even defined by what you think of yourself or how you see yourself. What defines you is the word of God. What God says about you, what Jesus says about you. And because you have made Jesus Christ your Lord, you are now accepted by God. I, I read this verse a couple weeks ago. Ephesians 1 verse 6 talks about how Jesus has made us accepted in the beloved. You guys remember that? Accepted in the beloved. You're accepted by God. Well, actually, that, that word accepted actually means that you're highly favored. And, and the beloved there is talking about Jesus. See, Jesus is the beloved son of God. And because you are now in Christ, you are seen as being in Christ. So you are seen as being the beloved son or daughter of God. So here's the thing, church. Now, because of that, you can rejoice like Mary. doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. Jesus sees you through the lens of his son, Jesus Christ, and through the work of the cross. And so you can rejoice because you are highly favored. You have God with you, and you are blessed among people. This is good stuff, church. So if you're going to have a Merry Christmas, you have to see yourself the right way. You have to have the right perception of yourself. Here's the second thing. If you're going to have a Merry Christmas, you have to see your purpose in God's plan. You have to see your purpose in God's plan. Luke 1 verse 31, the angel says to her, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Look at verse 32. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. Wow. 
what, at this point, understand, Mary's mind is reeling. Because what the, what the angel has just told her in verse 32 and 33 is that the Messiah is coming through her. She's an Israelite. She's one of the people that is considered to be uh, of, of the family of God, that God's chosen people. She knows the stories that God is one day from the beginning, since sin came into the earth, he's been promising a Messiah is going to come and this Messiah is going to bring, bring redemption. He's going to reconcile the relationship between God and man and even between man and man. This Messiah is coming and he's going to set up a new kingdom and that kingdom is going to reign forever. That's what the prophecies have been saying. And now the angel is saying, hey, Mary, you're going to be in the middle of this story. This isn't just happening around you. You are a player in the story of God. God is bringing salvation to the world, and he's bringing it through your womb. Wow. This is incredible. Notice what the angel says. He says, you're going to conceive. You are going to conceive. You are going to give birth. You're going to do this. You're, you're a part of this. You are going to be the one who gives the Messiah his name, Jesus This is incredible what God is doing. She's not just favored. She's not just loved by God. She is a major player in the story of salvation. And what I want you to see this morning is Mary's call is your call. What God called Mary to do, he's called you to do. He wants to conceive a miracle within you. He wants you to carry Jesus. He wants you to carry a difference-making promise within yourself that he wants to deliver into this world that's going to make an impact, that's going to make a difference. So, So here's what you have to see in this. God needs you. Listen, New Song Church, God needs you. God works with people. He always works with people. When God wants to do something in this world, he always uses people. If you study the scriptures, you study the Bible, what you're going to find in the Bible is there's a bunch of stories about God moving in the world, but always moving through people to work his plan. For the rescue of humanity and the flood, he needed a guy named Noah. For the creation of a nation, he needed Abraham. To lead the nation of Israel, he needed Moses. To defeat Jericho, he needed Joshua and a harlot named Rahab. For the preservation of the Hebrew nation, he needed Esther. And for the salvation of mankind, when God came to do the greatest work he was ever going to do, save us from our sin, God himself came. But how did he come? He came in the form of a man. He put on skin. He became the gift, and that's what we celebrate here at Christmas, is that Jesus laid down divinity to become humanity. It's amazing what God did. God always works through people. And so to this day, he's still looking for people he can work through. He's looking for people who are willing to say, God, I'll I'll be your hands. I'll be your feet. I'll be your voice. I'll be the one. If you'll conceive it within me, I'll carry it and I'll deliver it. I'll bring it into this world. I'll I'll let let you make a difference through me. So if you're going to have a Merry Christmas, number one, you have to have the right perception of yourself. Number two, you have to see your purpose in God's plan. Story picks up from there in verse 34. Mary responds to what the angel says. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, when she says that, she's not like saying like, I've been locked up in a room and I've never seen a dude before. She's saying, I I don't know a man. Like, I don't know a man, right? You guys tracking with me? And so what she's asking is, how's this going to go down? And I love what the angel says to her. And and what I want you to see in the angel's response is the angel doesn't come back and say, how dare you question the plan of God? You know what? Forget you. We'll move on. We'll use somebody else. No, I I love, Jesus is so sweet. God is so sweet. He's not bothered by your questions, church. He He wants to talk to you. He wants to help you. 
And he addresses these questions. He answers the questions, and he even shows her and points her to something that's going to help her to have faith in the promise that God wants to work through her. Let me show you this. Look at this. Verse 34, or verse 35. Then the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now look at this, verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, it's her cousin, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But he points her to something. Hey, this, this person that you've known a certain way your whole life, something's changed in, in her and it's going to prove what God's doing. And then look at verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Okay, so let's review. God is calling Mary to conceive a miracle, a difference-making miracle. He wants her to carry it, and he wants her to deliver it into the world. God has called us to conceive miracles from him that he wants us to carry and to deliver into the world. And the same things that the angel points Mary to that are going to help her to do what God's called her to do are the same things he uses to this day to help us to carry out the promises and the things that he wants us to carry out. Let me show you this. The first one is this. He points her to the role of the Holy Spirit. Verse 35, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, everybody say power. The power of the highest will overshadow you. First, he points her to the helper. That's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to be. Jesus, later on in his life, as he's getting ready to to leave his disciples, he says, I'm going to send you a helper. And this helper is going to empower you to live the Christian life. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to guide you in all truth and walk beside you in life. This helper is going to be there when when I'm gone away so that you've got God with you still, with every one of you, to help you to carry out and do what God's called you to do. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the one that is empowering us to live the godly life, to do what God's called us to do. He's working with us. To, to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. So he points her to the Holy Spirit, and then he points her to the Word. Look at this, verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Everybody say nothing. Nothing, now, nothing doesn't just mean no thing. Nothing actually means no declaration from God's mouth. So the angel says no declaration that comes from the mouth of God will be impossible. Let me read this to you from the Amplified because I think it says a little bit more clear. For with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without the power or impossible for fulfillment. So here's what the angel says. The word of God doesn't just carry the possibility of fulfillment. It actually carries with it the power for fulfillment. The word of God isn't just a book. It's a living book full of the words of God. And those words carry in them the power to be fulfilled in your life. But, everybody say but. but. Turn the person aside and say this is a big but. I got you to do it. But for that power to be released, that declaration has to be accepted. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we separate those who really trust God from those who maybe just want to go to heaven. Will you believe God and take him at his word? Will you trust in his word over your circumstances? Do you understand how powerful the word of God is to what God wants to do in your life? This is what sealed the promise for Mary. She was willing to take God at his word. Look at her next words, verse 38. Then Mary said... Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, here's what she's saying. God, I'm here to serve you. And then her next words are, let it be to me according to your 
word. Everybody say that with me. Let it be to me according to your word. Say it again. Let it be to me according to your word. She doesn't say, no way, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand how this is going to work. I don't, I don't get it. This is, this is crazy. You know, she says, let it be to me according to your right. word. Now, we don't exactly know in the Bible when Mary conceived baby Jesus. But we know that it happens between these verses and the next because the very next thing that, that Mary does is she goes to check out what the angel said. She goes to visit her cousin and see if what the angel said about her cousin being pregnant is really true. Verse 39, this is the very next verse. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, I mean right after this, to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth is her cousin. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, she heard her voice, that the babe leaped in her womb. So guess what? Elizabeth is pregnant. And, and when she hears the voice of Mary, the baby inside of her miraculously, like something takes place. The baby kicked or pumped or whatever it did, but we know that something happened inside of her and the baby leaps. This is, by the way, this is John the Baptist. He leaps inside of her womb. And, and then look at what it says next. Then she spoke, or it says, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So she's filled with the helper that I talked about earlier. And the Holy Spirit through her begins to prophesy, begins to speak. It says in verse 42, then she spoke out with a loud voice. When the Bible talks about speaking with a loud voice, a lot of times it's speaking to prophecy. It's not just that all of a sudden she got loud. No, no. It's that the voice that she's speaking with is the voice of God. It's powerful. It's truth. It's louder voice than our normal voice. And look at what she says under the influence. Understand this. This is God talking through her, speaking things to Mary. She says, blessed are you among women. Huh? She says the exact same thing the angel says. Now look at this. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. She's pregnant. Now look at verse 45. Okay? And remember, this is God speaking, prophesying through Mary to her. Blessed is she who believed. Who believed? Mary. What did she believe? She believed in the word of God. What God said. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Here's what God tells us, shows us in the story. And here's what God tells us over and over again through the context of scripture. What God says is fulfilled when we believe it. When we accept it. Now the Bible doesn't say exactly when Mary conceived, but here's what I believe. I believe that she conceived baby Jesus the moment she said the words, let it be to me according to your word. I believe in that moment that the Holy Spirit caused her to conceive. I also believe this. Had she not accepted it and believed the word of God, she would not have carried the Christ child. She had to come into agreement with God's word in her heart and with her mouth. And because she did, she was able to see the promise of God birthed in her life. Pretty awesome, right? And what's true for Mary is true for you. Can you believe God? Can you take God at his word? Can you believe in the promises that he says? Can you believe what he says over you? I I'm guessing this morning that we're all dealing with stuff, right? I mean, it's Christmas and, you know, December's here. But just because December hits on the calendar doesn't mean all our problems go away, does it? And so I'm guessing you're facing some stuff still. If you're facing some stuff this year, you probably still might be facing some stuff today. And my question to you is, what is it that you're facing? Is it financial? Maybe you're dealing with some financial issues. Maybe you're dealing with some closed doors in your life. Opportunities that you want to present themselves. Maybe things that you're believing God for that just haven't worked out. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with something 
in your physical body. Maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe you're, you're sick. Maybe you're facing a disease or some kind of issue that, that you need a miracle. Maybe you've got a child that's away from God, and it looks like they're never going to come back to Jesus. What is it that you're facing this morning? Now, here's a question in connection with that. Um, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever you need from God, is it more difficult than a virgin birth? Like, if you had to go, okay, this happening versus a virgin birth, which one's going to be a little bit tougher to fulfill? Here's what I'm getting at. We need to have faith like Mary. We need to be someone who says, let it be to me according to your word. What is it that you're dealing with? Do you even know what the word of God says about it? Because you've got to find what the Word of God says about it and come into agreement with it and stand on the Word of God and begin to speak and come and make your life agree with what God's Word says so that the power can be released for God to fulfill the promises He wants to bring into your life. Let it be to me, Lord, according to your Word. Not according to my circumstances, not according to popular opinion, not according to what I feel, according to your Word. That's where we have to get. If we're going to see God conceive, help us to carry and deliver the things He has for each and every one of us. We got to get there. Understand the power of God's word, which means you got to get in the word. You got to read the word. You got to study the word. You got to find scriptures that relate to the issues that you're facing, and you got to put yourself in alignment with those words. If you will embrace God's word, the impossible becomes possible. So I wish you a Merry Christmas this year. And if you're going to have a Merry Christmas, you're going to have to, number one, have the right perception of yourself. You're going to have to, number two, see your purpose in God's plan. And number three, understand the power in God's word. Now, the uh, last kind of thing I want to show you here is that in this story, the next thing that kind of takes place in, in Mary's life is after the angel gives her this, this promise, this word from the Lord, the next thing that happens is God orchestrates it in such a way that she comes to relate to people in her life that can speak faith into her life. The angel says, your, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. And so she goes to check it out. In fact, let's look back at the words that the angel says, verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. You know how old Elizabeth was? 88 years old. That's old to be having a baby, right? 88 years old. She's been barren her whole life. She's never had a child before. That's all Mary's ever known of Elizabeth. She's her cousin who's been barren. That's a shameful thing in this culture. But God shows up and does a miracle in her life, and her and her husband in their old age are able to conceive this child. There's a side note here, but when this happens, uh, and God tells Zacharias about it, her husband, and he doesn't agree with it, God shuts his mouth so that he can't talk anymore. And so here's the point. If God gives you a promise, quit speaking against the promise. There's your little side note. But God wants to do something, and so Elizabeth shows up, or, or Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house. And think about this. She's gotten this promise of this from the angel. She shows up, and imagine how her faith was, was just leaping at the moment. She walks in that house, and she sees her 88-year-old cousin with a bump. Like That was a powerful moment for her. But beyond that, what, what happens is God surrounds her with a cousin that can believe in faith for a miracle with her. In fact, for the next three months, Mary stays with her cousin Elizabeth. And in Elizabeth, she finds someone who can believe God for a miracle and who can stand in faith with her and lift her up. See, here's the fourth point this morning. If you're going to have a Merry Christmas, you need to surround yourself with pillar people. 
Surround yourself with pillar people. What's a pillar person? This is a person that's going to lift you up. This is a person that's going to agree with the word of God. This is someone who can stand in faith with you, have, have like faith with you, or maybe have more faith than you that can stand with you in what it is that God has said he wants to do in your life. You need this. I'm telling you, church, the more I, I come to know God, the more I realize how important godly community is to our life. How important it is that we have the right kind of people speaking the right kind of things around us. People that can lift us up and speak in our lives. Listen, Mary was under some tremendous pressure at this point. I mean, think about it. Mary's going to have to go and talk to her betrothed fiancé, Joseph. And she's going to show up and she's got to, you know, she's pregnant. (laughs) Like, she's going to show up and she's going to be like, I know, like, I, I haven't just been overeating. Um, I'm actually pregnant. Now, it's not what you think. It's not. I haven't been unfaithful to you. I haven't been cheating on you. This is God's baby. This is that whole immaculate conception thing that's never happened before. It's, it's going on here. So, you cool? You cool with that? Like, understand, guys, sometimes we read this stuff and we think, well, it's Bible times. They may have... No, this has never been okay. Like, this is not... This is not good. And, and here's the thing. The man that she's going to share this news with, uh, the Bible says in Matthew, talks about him as being a righteous man. That word righteous means that he was what was called a Sadiq, which means that he was a person who studied the first five books of the Bible a lot. He knew the Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible. And he followed the principles and rules of it to the point that he was a Sadiq. That, that means he didn't, you know, hang around with the wrong kind of people. He didn't eat the wrong kind of food. You're not going to catch Joseph eating a ham sandwich. You're not going to catch Joseph, like, opening up his woodworking shop on a Sunday to make a little extra drachma. No, no, no. He, he doesn't do those kind of things to the point he's done it so well that he's become a Sadiq. And that, not everybody becomes a Sadiq. This is like you want to make it in the NBA or you want to be a basketball player and you make it to the NBA. Like the, the best of the best of the best become Sadiqs. And Joseph is a Sadiq. Mary knows he's a Sadiq. So she knows that he knows what the Bible says about a girl who is unfaithful to her betrothed man. What's supposed to take place? In Deuteronomy, it says she's supposed to be brought before her, before her father's house, placed in the doorway and stoned to death in front of the village. This is very real pressure that Mary is under. Now, that's kind of the worst case scenario, but let's just talk through the best case scenario here. The best case scenario is for the rest of her life, people are going to look at her and they're going to whisper, that's, that's the girl that cheated on her. That baby, he's, he's not Joseph's son. That's, they're going to talk. And her kids are going to be treated differently. Jesus and any other kids are going to be probably mocked and ridiculed and they're going to say things about them. Her husband is going to lose his position. He ain't going to be a Sadiq anymore. He's going to lose business. He's going to lose all sorts of stuff. And we know that this is true because in fact in, in, in Nazareth later on in Jesus' life after he's doing miracles, he tries to go back to his hometown and when he shows up, they don't receive him well. The Bible says he can't perform very many miracles there. And in fact, when they, when they see him, uh, their response to him is, is Matthew 6, verse 3. It says, isn't this Jesus the son of Mary? Now, we don't know. We don't get that. But that actually was a major cut down. See, in Bible times, you wouldn't refer to a son as being the son of his mother. 
we refer to him as being the son of his father. So Jesus would have been Jesus, the son of Joseph, or Jesus bar Joseph would have been what people would say. But they say, you're the son of your mother. Remember, women are not highly thought of. They're thought of like dogs. So what they're really saying here is, un, is kind of in alignment with the statement people say when they would, if they say something like, Jesus, he's a son of a fill in the blank. This is the kind of pressure that Mary was under. Even in the best case scenario, it looked pretty ugly. But what I love about this is that as soon as God works with her and gives her these things, he orchestrates it in such a way that she's immediately surrounded by people who can stand in faith with her and lift her up. Church, you need people in your life who can be there to lift you up, who can be pillar people in your life. You need to be a pillar person in somebody else's life, someone who knows what the word of God says and is building up other people to be who God's called them to be and helping them to step into the promises, to help them to carry the promises of God and deliver those promises into the world. You need to surround yourself with people of like faith. You say, Pastor Josh, it sounds like you're just trying to get me to come to church more. Yup, I am. Because I know you're under pressure. I know you got stuff going on in your life that's hard and tough and, and you need some people around you that on your worst days can stand with you and say, Here's what God's word says. Here's what God's done for me. I know he'll show up for you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing for you. Here, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold you up. I'm gonna carry you. You need people in those days and you need people and you need to be a person who when people, other people are having their worst days, you can stand with them and celebrate with them on their best days. You need these kind of people. I'm not, and listen, I'm not just talking about, hey, let's try to make church three out of four times in 2019. That's not my goal here. My goal is more than that. I want you getting plugged into this place. I want you putting your roots down in this place. I want you on a serve team. I want you in a group. And I'm not just trying to pad the numbers. I'm not just trying to get more done. I know what God wants to get done in your life. And I know you need people in order for those kind of things to take place. You surround yourself with pillar people. Church, it's Christmas time. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope this year you have a Merry Christmas. I believe, I believe this church, I believe that inside of every one of you, God wants to conceive a miracle, a difference-making miracle inside of you that he wants you to carry and that he wants you to deliver into the world. I don't know what it is. It may be an idea. It may be a book. It may be another church. It may be a, a, a business. It may, I, it may be a word that he wants to use in you to speak into somebody else's life. I don't know what it is, but I know God wants to do it through you. He's looking for faithful people. So I wish you a Merry Christmas. I pray that this year that you would come to know God in a greater way and that you would have the right perception of yourself. You would see yourself the way God sees you. You would see the plan he has for your life and, and, and the purpose he has for your life and the plan that he's doing in this world. That you would understand the power of God's word, that you would lay hold of some verses that speak to your issues. You would lay hold of those promises and stand in faith with them so that the power of the Holy Spirit can be released to produce the fruit God wants to produce in your life. And I pray this year that you would surround yourself with pillar people, that God would surround you with people and help you to become the person he's called you to be that, that helps lift other people up and that's lifted up with other people in their time of needs. Can I get an amen? amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? What do you feel like God is saying to you today? I pray that today something is coming alive in you. Maybe there's some dreams that you've laid down. Maybe there's some ideas that you've laid down. Maybe there's some vision that you've laid down. Maybe you've settled into a, 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 a version of your life that God hasn't called you to. Maybe you see yourself the wrong way and God's calling you to something greater today. I pray that God would do birth a miracle inside of you. Lord, I pray right now that you would conceive within our church 
difference-making miracles, that we would be the people who carry Jesus into this world, that we would carry the difference-making power of God and deliver it into this world in such a way that our life matters, that we are difference-makers because Christ is in us, that we are beloved of the Father God. I pray, Lord, that we would have a greater grasp of that than ever before. In Jesus' name. Amen. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with God, maybe you've never come to know Jesus. See, Christmas is awesome because at Christmas, uh, we remember that God sent his son Jesus as a gift to this world. That that just like we open these presents on Christmas, they're wrapped up in shiny packages and stuff like that. Jesus came to this world and he was wrapped in flesh. And he allowed the devil to rip him apart. And he carried all the sins of this world so that we could be made alive in him so that our brokenness can be, can be replaced. Jesus doesn't just cover your sins today. He erases your sins today through his work on the cross. It's an amazing gift. And so all we have to do to receive this gift is to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And so if you're here today and you've never done that, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to just invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. Just repeat after me in church. Since we're all in agreement, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Say, Father God. God. Say it like you mean it, church. Say, Father God. God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to be a perfect gift, to take my place on the cross. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead so that I could be raised to new life in you. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him a hand. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.